Hello, storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, I've, I've, I've done the bad thing on weekends. I don't know if anyone else knows this, uh, like revenge sleep procrastination is a real thing, and I have it immensely my whole life. <laughs> that's my burden to bear. Some people, you know, deal with some serious things. That's my, that's my cross to bear, unfortunately. Yeah. So I just keep seeing up so late like an idiot and then i'm like why did i go to bed earlier well, i know why because i wanted to stay up yeah. so i'm i'm dying here but how are you and yeah. what have you been playing uh i'm doing okay i it was a bit of a long crazy week but that's okay things happen um and then my body no matter what time i go to bed is up at now at 5 30 which is no fun um Jeez. because like last night i went to we went to we stayed up and played some which i'll talk about some borderlands some tiny tinas we watched the latest episode of critical role and then um it was like 10 o'clock I'm like, all right let's go to bed we've we'll finished up and then we went to bed but then my body was still up at 5 30 because that's what my brain decides it's time to do things at um but it's okay. We'll work through it, and it, I'm sure it is. It is. It doesn't sound like mine is as challenging as what you're going through right now. Not to <laughs> not to compare our challenges, but no. um, but yeah. So overall, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be a buck wild couple weeks. Mm. Um, as far as what I've been playing, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland came out on Friday. Um, and it is a game that my partner was actually really excited about. I was kind of like, eh, if I'll play it eventually, it looks kind of fun. But she was really excited about it. So she ended up buying it, and then we played it a little bit Friday, um, and it's it's pretty fun. If you if you like Borderlands, I think you will like it. It almost feels like a big DLC because like the mechanics are exactly the same. Everything mm-hmm. is pretty much exactly the same from Borderlands Three, save for like the setting is a little more fun and wild. I think the writing is actually better. The characters, I'm a little bit more interested. Oh. The uh, big bad is uh, Dave Arnett is the voice actor of. It does like a wow. really incredible job. Like he's, I don't want to spoil anything, but like he's the villain in this bunkers and badasses game, which is like a D and D stand in. But then he also like is aware that he's in a game in a really fun and interesting way. He does a really good job. And then you have like some other really good voice actors. Um, in the game as well, and obviously like Ashley Birch. So that was really, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Um, the, the, so if you're interested, try it. It is like, I don't, I honestly don't know if it's worth the $70. Like you could probably charge 40 for it. Yeah. And that feels fine just because of what it is. Like, it's not like if traditionally in Borderlands, it's like these large open worlds you're going between. In this, it's like hubs. And then there's like an overworld map that you walk along. Um, so it's, it's, it, it just feels like there's a little, which I, I enjoy and it was fine, but it just, I don't know, it does not feel like a full, a full $70 experience, but it is what it is. Um, still playing a little bit of Satisfactory here and there, and then still playing some Grounded, um, with, uh, our friend Dave. We are in the process of building a big old tower to then make some zip lines so we can go fight some black ants in the black ant hill. So that's, that's what we're currently working on, which is that's terrifying. Yeah, they're very. They're the idea scary. of that game is just literally horrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's still still scary, still scary to be like walking around and then all of a sudden a wolf spider appears and you're just like screaming and running. Um, but it's fun. It's a fun time. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that's what I've been playing. Um, Eric, mm. how are you? What have you been playing? I'm tired, as I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ranted already when I shouldn't have. But no, I'm just tired. But overall, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's normal, which is good. I take normal as a good thing. Uh, for what I've been playing, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8. 
which has been a lot of fun. I've also been just dipping back into Mario's Super Mario 64 again because I love it. I want to get all the stars. I don't think I ever did that. Because like, it's honestly when you think about it, pointless. I don't know. Ryan, did you play Mario 64 by chance? Bits and pieces. Not, I've never like done the whole game. I've done like levels here and there at a cousin's house type thing. Yeah. So huge spoiler alert for a game that came out 20 plus years ago. Uh, so when you get all the stars, you can, you, this, this cannon opens up in the front of the courtyard. You can blast up to the roof where Yoshi is. What? It's Yoshi. And then you get, uh, like, I think a hundred lives or something like that. And then a special new jump. Like you jump and then you flip in the air. It doesn't really do anything. It just looks cool. But it's at the very end of the game. You have all the stars. You have nothing else to do. And I just thought, that's so stupid. Like why would you? So I just never got the stars. But now I just kind of want to do it to say I've done it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's right. A side note, my cat is meowing like crazy. So if you hear it <laughs> this whole episode, I am already so sorry. Um, I've also been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus still. And I'm, I think I'm getting into it more. I just, I have to, I have to kind of, uh, differentiate the game from my my ideals in the real world. Like in the real world, if this is ever a thing, you know, I would never do this. I would never participate in this activity of what Pokemon Legends does. So the game is all like, we need to learn about Pokemon to be able to live with them. They're wild animals. We have to learn to live with Pokemon. And it's like, awesome. How do you do that? We need to capture them or beat the crap out of them. And it's like, okay, that seems a little weird. And like, Normally, I would be like, this is just me thinking this. You know, like, I know this is just a game. But there are characters in the game who also talk about how problematic this idea is. And it's like, well, then how, like, how is this a good thing then? Like, there's characters that go, well, we should just leave the Pokemon alone. We, we shouldn't be capturing them. They don't deserve to live in tiny balls. I'm like, yeah, yes. Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> like, there are characters yeah. that go, I don't use Pokeballs because I have a catch with my Pokemon. We just walk around together. I'm like, yeah, that makes total... I respect that, yeah. But here I am as a character just flinging Pokeballs everywhere I can. I'm just destroying ecosystems. It just feels really problematic. Like, yeah. it just does not feel... Like, there are times where, I, like, you get into it, like, you evolve your Pokemon, it feels awesome. But there are other times where it's just, like, I feel, like, gross. I feel, like, seriously disgusting. Yeah. Then, like, I don't know. It's just it's just a whole thing. I don't know if I'm actually going to keep playing it or not. I've been kind of back and forth on it. It just doesn't... I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. I love Pokemon, but it, the, the concept in itself is just really not a yeah. great thing. So, yeah. I don't know. It just feels weird. <laughs> it seems like they were, like, at a place where, like, okay, let's, like take a look at this this series we've set up and the, ask these big questions, but then not give us you any agency to make any kind of decisions in that. Like, maybe is yeah. this a good idea or not? Too bad, you have to do it, but keep. Yeah. I'm going to keep reminding you that if it, maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah, it's like that thing where the game tells you you're a bad guy, but then doesn't give you any other options to make any other decisions. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. good. Yeah. And like, I, I wish the game pushed you to separate from all the Pokemon that you've caught more. Like, like listen you call these pokemon we've done a lot of research it's great let's release all these pokemon back like i would be i'd be like yes this makes total sense to me now like i understand now why we're doing this like yeah i need to understand them but no like the game makes it incredibly frustrating to release pokemon like large quantities of pokemon like i don't need 20 i don't know additional caterpies i've seen i don't need i don't know what's something i've seen a whole bunch the beaver ones build off i don't know whatever Build, yeah, yeah, bit of, yeah, thank you. Good job. Wow, I was impressive. I was, yeah. I didn't, yeah. Um, I don't need 20 bit of, sir, 50 bit, like, but like, the game makes it so hard to keep, to get rid of the Pokemon. It takes like 15 minutes to go through all my Pokemon to make sure like I've gotten rid of all the ones I don't need because I don't want them. It just feels weird to have all these catchy Pokemon that are just like sitting in these balls. You know, like, it's it very just, strange. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just feels really gross sometimes. It kind of, it really just takes me out of it. And maybe I'm, I'm sure I'm overthinking it, but if the game itself didn't push those ideals back at me, I wouldn't be thinking about it so much. So <laughs> right. I'm, I would love other people's perspectives, please. Like I, maybe I'm overthinking this here, uh, which I totally could be. So please let me know what you think. Um, okay. Enough about my Pokemon ranting. Uh, we hope everyone is doing well. Um, we hope you enjoyed our last episode of our memory card episode that Ryan yeah. introduced us. It was great. Uh, I really had a fun time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed learning about me and my, my struggles and, uh, how Majora's Mask played into that, which is, I think, it was a lot of fun to talk about. It was very, yeah, it was very uh, it was like therapeutic in a sense. It was really good. So. Yeah, it was great. Also, Ryan, we yeah. have a new review. What? A new five star okay. review. Boop, 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 boop. We need a sound effect machine or something. <laughs> five star review. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new five star review. The I want to read this review and, and give appreciation because it, it really did. It like it just made me it made me so happy to read it. I just it was like so nice to see. As I check out often about reviews and stuff, and 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 to be fully honest, like we don't get a whole lot right now because we're still freshly new in the podcast world. And everyone and their mothers have a podcast now. I feel like every single day I hear about someone's new podcast and it's like, ah, this sucks. But <laughs> the fact that this person went out of their way to give us five stars was really nice. And there is a swear <laughs> in the name, this person's uh, tag name. So I'm going to <clears throat> choose a different way to pronounce this swear word to try to still give that same appreciation to their name. Mm. All right. And this goes back to the classic Ben Stiller movie, Meet the, Meet the Fockers. Uh, so bear with me here. So this is from Brahms Fokker 666, which is killing me because like, <laughs> I was like, I can't read that on here. But no, I want to give appreciation. And they just said the tag was very, the, the title was very interesting. And they just wrote, keep up the good work with the exclamation point. And I really, we really appreciate that. So like nice. that's, yeah. yeah, so nice. Thank you. We'll try our best to keep doing good work, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about that today. Like this last night I went to bed after watching like a bunch of YouTube like scam videos, like someone like scamming scammers, which is like fun, but made me feel really depressed. And I was like, man, this sucks. Like, I, like, I don't know. I feel kind of like I lost a little bit of like my faith in humanity. So I'm hoping, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm really hoping that our podcast helps to restore some kind of like faith or, or make people happy. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to bring anybody down. So I hope that, I hope we help in that regard. So not to get too, too deep today, but, uh, anyway, oh, story goers. We're going to get deep today. We're, <laughs> we are gonna get deep in a sense you're right <laughs> just not the way <laughs> this is going yes right, Which right. Sounds, that could go in so many different ways so please don't yeah. like there's a gutter don't go in there okay stay out come with us uh <laughs> so storygoers please if you have any thoughts feelings and or perspectives on all the games that we've done or will do or in the future probably will do if you have any recommendations please let us know at emailing us at tales from the cartridge at gmail.com all of the e's are threes you can also you can also find us on instagram and twitter dm us or comment on our posts let us know what you think and we will happily send you a tales from the cartridge sticker to put on anything you want brahms fuker 666 please let us know that you know what you're if you want to reach out to us and dm us and we will happily send you a sticker for your review we really appreciate that a lot um so yeah all right enough of me rambling Ryan, you have written today's yeah. beautiful script. I, I love did, this. Yeah. 
Ryan, what is today's game? <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to be doing some Octodad, um, the original yeah. 2010 Octodad game. Um, oh, yeah, from 2010. I think it's only released on PC. It maybe have been released on other platforms, so only released on PC. Uh, a very old but very fun and wonky game. If you don't know anything about Octodad, as you're as you're listening to the script, nothing that's happening in this in this script feels particularly intense or difficult or challenging. The challenge of Octodad is how this game worked is you controlled it with your mouse. Your left button controlled your left leg, your right button controlled your right leg, and then you clicked the middle mouse button to switch to your arms. So you only moved one at a time. So you had to like stick and unstick. So it makes it Ugh. very difficult to maneuver. And that is the game. So as you're seeing, like there's challenges where it's like, do the dishes or, you know, clean out the fridge is a chore that he has to do. You are physically clicking and moving and throwing this stuff everywhere. It's very fun. Um, but just <laughs> for some context of, of, of that. Um, so yeah, Octodad, the premise is you are an octopus in a suit and have a family, but we'll get more into that <laughs> later. Um, this is developed actually by some DePaul University students, um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Directed by Kevin Zoon. I'm going to try my best to pronounce these names. Produced by John Murphy. Written by Kevin Zoon and uh, Majdi Badri. Um, there are about 18 folks who worked on this. Um, I didn't include all their names here, but eight of them went on to kind of found a actual game studio wow. um, called Young Horses Inc. And they eventually released Dadliest Catch, which is the sequel to this. And that <laughs> game is like very good and very fun and just more of this game and it's mm-hmm. silly weirdness. So um, just that that's like a, a, a fun thing that's there. Uh, the reason this game is so difficult to control or the reason behind it is originally they were making a different game, like a Jurassic Park men in black style game where you're like moving through the world, but they messed up the control so bad and it was so glitchy. They thought it was really silly and weird. So they then took that idea and made that into the game that, that, that this is. So the controls were meant to be like this serious, interesting feature in a different game, but it was such a, a glitchy mess um, that they decided to say, Hey, let's, let's use this and make a game out of it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the story behind it. Um, Young Horses Inc. is eight of the original 18 developers. The other 10 who decided not to join the development team still have shares in the company and they still get royalties from the sequel, but they've kind of signed over their rights to these eight, but they're still getting, you know, compensated for this idea that they helped make, you know, 12 years ago now which is just really cool that they're still getting that compensation even though they've kind of signed over that idea i think that's that's really cool um eric do you have any memories of of octodad or this series at all do you have have any kind of frame reference for it no i don't i never played octodad ever i've seen i've seen playthroughs like i would never fully through like just i know of octodad i know how ridiculous it is i've always had that question like why does no one know that he's an octopus like i mean i think i just i you know that obviously that's the premise like you can't think too deeply about it but yeah i mean i love i love hearing everything you just told told us about like how you know it was the the game they originally made was a huge glitch that just that spurred this creativity is such a cool that's so that's so cool that's like taking like a a mistake and and turning into just think positive. I love that idea. So, but no, I, I don't have any idea. The only thing I, I, again, I'm just referencing back to our February DLC where I made the embarrassing call that an octopi could have a 
uh, a human baby, which I don't actually believe, but of course not. Of course <laughs> in, ter- not. in terms of the story, <laughs> and Eric, there is some evidence. I will say, as I was watching, as I was writing the script, there is some evidence that you might be correct there. And That's we'll, what I thought. We'll, we'll talk more about it. Okay. Uh, so you might get completely, you know, you, you might have been exactly. This could be a redemption, <laughs> a redemption. A redemption story for you. So just keep that but- in mind. My partner, so my partner, like, that was, like, probably her funniest, like, moment in Tales ever was just that one, and she's kept listening to it and thought it was so funny that I said that, like, <laughs> uh, that Octodad had these human kids, like, she just, like, the, and then you're, like, you know, Eric, Oct- <laughs> Octopi can't have human babies, and just, like, that was just her favorite moment, so, like, that's just, I feel like that's a living infamy. I, I think I've said this before, but, like, I, total side note, but I've been watching a lot of Game Grumps on YouTube and they do a lot of like animated shorts. I would love for someone to make an animation of that moment. I think that would be, that would make me like so happy. So one day, one day we're bigger. Yeah. One day. Anyway, Ryan, do you have any memories of this game? Um, not of the original one. I, I mean, obviously like I was, I was watching YouTube in 2010. That was like, um, my freshman year of college. So I was like really into YouTube that freshman year as an escape from college. (laughs) <laughs> but we can talk more into that uh, sometime down the line. Yeah. Um, but so I see, I've, I've watched, you know, when it came out, I watched some of my favorite YouTubers play through. And then Dadliest Catch, I watched probably a couple playthroughs of that because that game is just really silly and weird. I have tried the original Octodad years and years and years ago, but it was like so buck wild to control and so kind of challenging that, um, and the art style, which we haven't talked about yet, like the game doesn't look terrible. It looks like a PS1 game kind of more or less the graphics of it but then all the cutscenes are like ms paint drawings yeah. um, in a really weird and funny way so like the combination of those things and the difficult controls meant i just never actually finished it i just kind of played around with the idea i was like oh this is really weird and cool then i stopped the cool thing about octodad dadly sketch and maybe we should do this sometime when we eventually do streaming is you can do it multiplayer and each person is controlling a left or right side of the body oh, in a really God. weird way so we may have to give that a try sometime oh, we have that would to be do that. very fun I bet that would be very fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the extent of it. I, I've I've seen it played. I've played a little bit of the first one. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a wild time. Wow. Okay. I yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll have to, we'll have to do like a multi uh, a Portal Two multiplayer run and uh, a deadliest catch run as well. That'd be a lot of fun. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, well, cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm I'm yeah. ready to just dive. <laughs> quotation marks dive in i'm doing quotation marks if you, you can't see this but I'm, ryan can we're diving in <laughs> to the waters of this amazing story mm-hmm. so yeah i don't say that sarcastically i'm actually very hopeful for the story so we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see all right let's, let's let's do it all right our story begins on a weekend afternoon in a beautiful suburban home scarlet a woman with red hair Red shoes and a turquoise dress with a red sash excitedly attempts to wake her sleeping husband. From underneath the blankets, a disgruntled gurgle is followed the emergence of a soft yellow-skinned cephalopod with two large eyes, a bulbous head, and two tentacles adorning the face. Scarlet gasps in surprise as she takes a step back before shouting, It's past noon! You need to hurry, dear! Octodad looks over at the clock. It reads 3.49pm. He gets out of bed, turn off the alarm clock, and gets dressed in the same business suit he has worn every single day since their wedding ten years ago. Only ever changing the color of the tie, he makes his way over to the desk and starts to write in his diary. Alas, another day begins, and I have yet to be discovered. My cephalopod nature 
remains a secret as long as I act in a proper human fashion. My darling, Scarlet, and my children, this charade is soon to end. I will prepare a decoy, and abscond to my basement sanctuary. My mysterious work must be completed tonight. He then turns to look at his list of items needed to create the perfect decoy. One of his suits, an octopus doll, a banana, and a mannequin. With these items, he'll be able to distract Scarlet and escape to the basement to finish the gift he's been working on in secret. Scarlet approaches Octodad from behind as he quickly and nervously closes the diary. Happy anniversary! Oh, honey, I know you've been working late in the basement. Take tonight off, okay? I have the most romantic dinner planned. I'm going to the store. Take care of the kids and do your chores. Scarlet heads out the door, leaving Octet alone to gather his items in secret and do his chores by watching his two beautiful human children. Eric, um, we've got a little bit of an intro. <laughs> um, <laughs> they did this really interesting setup where they made, you know, they made you think like she was surprised that it was an octopus in the bed, but it was really just he slept in. Mm-hmm. Uh, very fun and silly. What are your thoughts so far? He, His wife seemingly doesn't know. At least he isn't aware of his wife's know. And he does have two kids that are that are seemingly his. Um, and then, what are your thoughts on this 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 plan? If you, if you have any guesses, I literally have no idea. So he's trying to. I don't. I don't know why he wants to run away now. He's he's been involved for ten years. So like I, you'd feel like he's like, all right, I'm kind of just invested in this. I'm very surprised. I hope they get a little bit more as to like why he wants to do this. Like what his plan is. Um, and and you were telling me Ryan that like in his journal that we read like if you just see it so he doesn't actually talk but we thought it'd be funny and just read it out loud so that's yeah. why we did that but the everything everything you hear is his like whoa, 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 thing so um but yeah anyway I'm excited to see what happens I this is so weird I I, I wonder about Scarlett's <laughs> mental health and I just I <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it um in a little bit later after the the kitchen scene but it's yeah it's 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 very interesting i'm curious if like they had just like a the artificial insemination or something like that or had like a surrogate like maybe he just played it off like he you know is infertile or something and yeah that's, yeah, my, that's my guess i don't know does actually i don't know what the kids look like off the top of my head do they look like her like scarlet so so one of the things will yeah so effectively his daughter looks everything like Scarlett, except he, she has blue hair oh. no one else in the family has blue hair but but um the daughter does and the son looks human for the most part but he does do this very strange thing where he can almost perfectly you know make himself look like an octopus when he's making fun of his dad so mm. there's those those are kind of a couple of hints that we have that they do seem to uh have some characteristics of their father now he doesn't have any blue on him but he is always wearing a blue suit so obviously you wouldn't pass on that <laughs> blue but yeah so we'll, we'll we'll see um but yeah those are kind of we have some clues there um, and I think in Dadliest Catch, it goes more into detail on, on a lot of this, um, but we'll, we'll get there when we, when we get to Dadliest Catch. But those are, those are a couple clues we have, and there might be a couple other things here and there. But, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so he's going to head to his first chore and together his first item here in the kid's room. Octodad enters his daughter's room, hoping to grab her octopus doll, or octodoll, to use for his decoy. His daughter, Stacy is inside, lying in bed for her usual afternoon nap. As soon as she sees Octodad, she shouts, Daddy, help! I want to take my nap, but Tommy told me there are monsters in my room. 
Octodad extends a tentacle and pats his daughter on the head with a reassuring series of blubs. Really? Well, can you check anyway? Octodad walks over to the closet to search for monsters and reassure his daughter. Then, she may not need the Octodel to come for her. He carefully starts to search the boxes as he makes his way into the back of the closet. The familiar visage of his most hated enemy appears. Chef Fujimoto. A sushi chef, and the man who's intent on destroying Octodad's life and revealing who he truly is. Once Octodad discovers him, he disappears in a puff of smoke. Octodad is left wondering if he was really even there. Closet clear, he heads back out to check on his daughter to tuck her in for her nap. As he makes his way to the bed, a series of spiders emerges from the vents and heads for his daughter. Like any good father, he quickly crushes them under his tentacled feet. Seeing his daughter is still upset, he finds her favorite story nearby on a nearby table and reads it to her. When she's finally asleep, he goes over to the children's toy box, grabs out her other favorite toy, a blue dolphin, and replaces it with the octodol. His daughter is fast asleep. Octodol in hand, he heads back to the dining room. So that's kind of what we get of Octo, Dad, and his daughter. They seem to have like a pretty positive relationship. He, She is like excited to see him. She wants him to help. He like knows her favorite story, knows her favorite dolls, and is like really kind and caring towards her. Um, destroys the spiders. There's this weird moment though with the with the sushi chef. Some for some reason is in this child's closet, which is a little bit strange. <laughs> <laughs> but that that theme will continue. But yeah, what are your thoughts here on their relationship, Eric? What are your what are you what are you gleaming um, from this relationship? I mean, I'm guessing based on like family dynamics that there's trust there. Like right? she's trusting him and and has and feels secure with him, which is good. Um, it is weird that he, there's like a reminder of a of a sushi chef trying to hunt him, which I think goes to his plan. I think somehow correlates there. Uh, but yeah, and I'm wondering, she must be very young. She must be like three years old. She's like she's like I think she's. I think she's three or four and her brother is like eight or something like that. It's it's, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and she's going down for a nap. Like that just seems really late. Again, made by college students. So (laughs) not saying (laughs) that college students can't have kids, but, uh, and I don't have kids either, but just what I know, like, I feel like like noon or one is like, yeah, you're setting up for failure at like 7 PM when they actually need to go to bed if they're just going down at four. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, very interesting setup. But again, it's just the the hero is a octopus dressing up as a human. So like, I can't, you can't take this too seriously. But no, it's interesting. So he has the, this doll, and he's using it. I just, I, I don't know. I don't understand what his goal is here. But I guess we'll learn more soon. So yeah, we will. Yeah. After the dining room, Octodad enters the living room to find his son Tommy, who has turned the living room into a gauntlet. Tommy announces, <laughs> "There you are, Dad. Until you get past my gauntlet of awesome challenges, I'm holding your fancy dinner suit hostage." As he shakes his tentacle in frustration. You could ground me, but then you'd be chicken. Oh, wait, even chickens have spines. Tommy forms his body into the shape of an octopus, taunting his father. That would make you an octopus! Octodad, willing to give into his child's demands, takes on the gauntlet. Before he can retrieve the suit, he'll need to complete a series of tasks set by his son. Knock down a tower of blocks, score a goal on Tommy complete a flag race, and then finally use the key to unlock the suit from the clock. Octodad makes it over the soccer ball as his son moves back and forth blocking the goal. He uses tentacle feet to quickly move the ball back and forth before slamming it into the goal and past his son. 
Whoa, you're a sports legend! Octodad, unfazed, quickly goes over and topples the massive tower of Zanga blocks, knocking them to the ground. He's now halfway through the series of challenges set by his son. Next is the flag race. Octodad quickly moves through the living room, past the portrait of his family, behind the family bar, and past the lit fireplace, and finally back to the finish line. Tommy again celebrates his dead victory and hands over the key. Octodad goes over to the clock, retrieves his fancy dinner shirt. As he makes his way back to the dining room, a commercial for Shishimoto Sushi Restaurant plays in the TV. The sushi chef states he wants to kill and eat Octodad. Octodad quickly turns off the TV in fear, but as he looks over to the window, he again sees the visage of the dangerous sushi chef. Octodad inks over the window and runs to the dining room for his last decoy item, a banana. Can you imagine the gall this guy has he makes commercials threatening an octopus? Like he would he would be like <laughs> I don't know. That's wild. That is so wild. Like I love how just nonsensical this whole thing is. And his his son is just the biggest brat. And then like yeah. he's like, Wow, you're a sports legend. He he scores one goal on this kid is way too arrogant and cocky. Like, yeah. I don't know. That is really interesting. I really want to know how this <laughs> banana plays into this whole scheme of things, but uh, gee, uh, yeah, this is wild, wild times. This, 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 I mean, he sounds like a good, like he sounds like a good dad. I work with a lot of parents, and he sounds like one of the better ones <laughs> compared yeah. to some that I've worked with. He's he's like indulging his kids. He's like doing mm-hmm. what they're asking him. He's like participating and and playing. I mean, obviously, he has ulterior motives here, but um, obviously, he, this has happened before, seemingly. Um, I would assume, uh, mm-hmm. at least with like his daughter, like he knows her favorite story. He knows how to comfort her. He knows she hates spiders when they come to attack her out of a fan. <laughs> um, and there's a couple other, as you're doing these, the, the race and as you're doing the knockdowns, he, he like says, wow, you're amazing. Or I guess that's one way to do it. Like he, he's t- he, like complimenting <laughs> you in, in what you're doing in a kind of a weird and silly way. Um, but he seemingly has some idea or some like, thought that maybe you're not a normal person like maybe yeah. a little bit you're an octopus and 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 then there's the sushi chef who like the um it, it, the commercial was just like him effectively like standing in front of the tv saying come eat my sushi 1-800-DIE-FISH was his phone number and then like <laughs> and he said an octopus i'm coming to get you like he said that <laughs> in the commercial, which is very silly and ridiculous and then uh something that i didn't put in the script because i didn't think it would transfer well is there's this very silly bit when he's looking over at the window and you just see hat and then it like cuts back to Octodad freaking out and you just see more hat. It cuts back to, it's just like this incredibly long hat, comically long hat, just like slowly rising above the window (laughs) in a very silly and and wild. So again, it's not taking itself too seriously um, in this very strange and silly way. I really hope that, I mean, I'm vegan, so I shouldn't say this, but whatever. I really do hope that there is any sous chef or, or um, not sushi chef. Uh, any uh, seafood chefs or sushi chefs out there? Uh, that their number is one eight hundred die fish. I think that's so clever and that is doable. So like, yeah, I would love yeah. to. Like, I would love it. Like as a vegan, but like, I just in the in the comical sense of it, I think it's it's hilariously funny. Yeah, so that's very funny. Yeah, yeah, and and again, more of their background is flushed yeah. out in in the next game in a really interesting way. Um, so we can explore more of that. We don't get a ton of characterization of why the sushi chef hates him in this game, but we get more of that in, in Dadly as Catch. So okay, we'll have to follow up with that in, in, at some point. But I was, yeah, was going to say, I need to know. I need to know why. 
Yeah, they, they came up with a reason. There is a justification and a, and a why behind it in a, in a very strange and interesting way. So Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Moving on to the kitchen. As Octodad enters the kitchen, his wife Scarlet enters with a bag full of groceries. Honey, I'm back from the store. Octodad sees the banana in the bag and asks Scarlet for it. You want a banana? But yesterday you said bananas were demon spawn from your darkest nightmare. Whoa! Octodad sighs, remembers his experience with stepping on these demon spawn, for holding his tentacles together again to ask. Oh, all right, you can have it. If you do all your kitchen chores. Octodad sighs in frustration, but but knows as an equal member of the household and a stay-at-home Octodad, his chores are an important contribution for the family. Octodad gets to work cleaning off the counter, putting the dishes in the sink, mopping the floor, and cleaning out the fridge. His tentacles move throughout the kitchen, trying to clean quickly without raising any suspicion. Hmm. Are you ready for our romantic evening? As Octodad finishes his chores, Scarlet hands him the banana, and he heads back to the dining room to finish the decoy. He does. (laughs) 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 This was definitely made by college students. This is awesome. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my god. (laughs) So, uh, interesting. So, like, is... And so from your script side, right? I'm going, I'm just jumping in. No, please. I I love that he's a stay at home dad. Yeah. So do we know, do we eventually learn what Scarlet does as a job? Um, not in this game. I think Mm -hmm. possibly in the next one, but yeah, it is, it is pretty heavily implied that he is the stay at home dad. He does the chores and takes care of the kids and she is the breadwinner for the household. Yeah. Yeah, she really holds it over him to do the chores, though. Like, really, like, <laughs> yeah. a little, you can't, little you can't much. Eat. You cannot eat yeah. until you do your chores. Yeah, it's a little problematic there. Yeah. And, then, and then, yeah, then she, like, kind of, it just feels like sexual harassment at the end, too. Like, you ready for, like, giving him the thing, the food to eat? Like, well, you know, she thinks he's eating it, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting, that dynamic there. I don't know if it's healthy or not, but, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's why he wants to run away. I wouldn't be so surprised at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be a little scared too. If anyone ever handed me a banana and said those words to me, I think I'd be a little terrified. So I wouldn't yeah. want to be there. Unless it's like something that you as the, and your companion decided was a part of your, you know, relationship. Yeah. I mean, a if you, strange. Yeah. if your consensual actions involve a banana and you're down for it, I support you 100%. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. Cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. Now, if there's an orange... No, I'm just <laughs> I should have said eggplant or something. That'd be hilarious. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we have this this again this strange relationship with like you're saying where we don't really understand. She seems to be totally like totally in charge of this situation, and also like su- supposedly like fairly loving, and is like listens to him and understands his feelings and things he's scared of, hmm. and wants to like, are you sure you want a banana? You never eat bananas. Like, is is aware, and is planning this romantic evening for their anniversary, for their 10-year anniversary. They've been together for 10 years, which one of the things <laughs> I saw that was really interesting on the, on the wiki is that, like, most cephalopods don't live more than, like, three years. So, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so like... <laughs> Uh, for some reason, this octopus has an incredibly long life. Um, but love, yeah. love, love, love defies love all. all. Yeah, love between yeah. inner interspecies love. <laughs> this is, this is the secret to long life, apparently. Everyone we knows here it. At, 
Yeah, we hear it tells Garth to do not, you know, yeah, uh, endorse, uh, you know, interspecies sex, but uh, supposedly there are benefits. I mean, yeah. I mean, speak for yourself, Ryan. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to either. <laughs> Please, if you have an octopus, let it go. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't need it in let your it home. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, don't, yeah. That just, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let right. them be. Right. Yeah, know, they can't, they be. can't, they can't consent because they're, they don't have language. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. 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 But this this octopus does. So you know, is this is this the moral of the story, Ryan? <laughs> Don't yeah, exactly. Have consent, like unconsensual sex with an animal. I mean, I'm down for it. I'm 100 percent there. It's a good I think it's message. a good moral. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a good. good I think it's a good thing to to live by. Honestly, I, I think yeah. I've lived. I think I've just instinctually lived by this for a long time without even realizing. <laughs> but I think it's a good quality to have. Yeah, yeah. Here is the one situation where a creature can give consent, but outside yeah. of this specific situation, just don't do it. I, I, this reminds me, sorry, going off on a whole tangent and I'm not going to stop. You can't, no one can stop me at this point. This reminds me of an episode of, uh, My Strange Addiction, where, uh, I mean, there's many uh, strange episodes. It's a strange addiction, but there's one where, uh, uh, a a man loved his sports car. And I would say that's a healthier relationship than loving on an octopus or an animal. Honestly, I would support, if there's anyone out there who's really wrestling between the idea of having sex between an octopus and a car, I really would push you for the car. One, because I really want to know how that works. I, I have ideas, but I, I just, my mind can only go so far. But, but, you know, two, obviously the, the safety of this octopus, I would just prefer it to, and there's a whole lot of problems there, a dynamic, you know, it's just frowned upon in our establishment. Uh, you know, I would, I would rather see the image of this man kissing his car comes to my mind in the worst way. And I would rather see that. So, you know, <laughs> not to, so please make better choices. Um, yeah. there's no, there's no, I was going to say there's no wrong answer, but there is. Don't have sex with animals, please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah moral today. The more you know, it's like, it's like flying through the air <laughs> right now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Touch your car, not your octopus. It's all I'm asking you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It's a good message. Leave a five-star rating on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and write that. Write that to confuse everyone else. Please. <laughs> Leaving a review. Please. If <laughs> we're going way too far with this, if you can leave a five-star rating, because now I'm having sex with my car thanks to this podcast, I will, I will, I will be so happy. Please. I will. <laughs> I will send you a sticker, I promise. Yeah. <sighs> Please yeah, we, do. Yeah. That's wild. Oh, that's so funny. I have a headache now. Okay. Where are we now? Banana? Okay. I think we're, so we've we're... got, Eric, we have all the things we need okay. to complete this decoy. Uh, but things are about to get a little wild. So just oh, no. buckle up. We have everything we need, though. We do. But, you know, there has to be some, some weirdness first. Oh, yeah, for sure. Octodad finishes his mannequin using all the items gathered throughout the day to make what he thinks is a near perfect leprechaun of himself sitting at the dinner table, ready for his romantic dinner. Fujimoto bursts through the door and shouts, Octodad! Octodad raises his hands in fear at the sight of the sushi chef. You squishy, boneless octopus. If you are really human, then pass this one test. <laughs> Climb this ladder. Octodad finds himself in the smoldering ruins of his dining room, with a ladder in front of him. Wanting to prove his human nature, he quickly works on climbing the ladder. Fujimoto shouts at Octodad, taunting and belittling him. But Octodad prevails and climbs the ladder. Hmm. Fujimoto stares at Octodad before grabbing his head, 
Hookshed throws himself at the sushi chef. They both fall down the ladder. Octodad quickly recovers and runs away. Fushimoto yells, I will make you into sushi! Fujimoto lunges towards Octodad, bringing the blade down on his head. Instead of blood, only stuffing emerges. Octodad hides in the corner and whimpers as Fujimoto charges. Before he can reach him, the chef is struck in the head by a children's toy. Tommy and Stacy stand defiantly. Hey! You get away from our dad! He's not your dad. He's an octopus. <laughs> what are you, an idiot? Dad's a regular human. I don't like your hat. The chef is pelted with a barrage of toys and chased out of the house by Octodad's children before the chef disappears, giving one final shout. Your family is crazy. I will get my revenge on all of you. Octodad! The chef disappears in a cloud of white smoke. Octodad heads back in, giving his children some thankful blubs before heading towards the basement. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Eric, were you expecting so many to hear a story that makes a lot of sense? <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, <laughs> so, why, so he burst through the door, yeah. right? But then why is why is everything in smoldering ruins? I, I, I don't know. We don't so, know? Okay. We don't know. Every Like, yeah, so during this scene, you're in your living room, but like... Everything is broken and on fire, except for, like, this ladder that you're climbing. It doesn't ever explain why or what's going on. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, everything's on fire and burnt down. Yeah. Then he calls your family, he calls, or he calls Octodad's family crazy when he's, like, yeah. hunting this o- octopus. <laughs> like, that is, and the idea that these kids have just throwing toys, and he's like, your family's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of toys. It's a lot of toys. And he, and he lost his knife. Oh, he lost his knife. He, the knife is stuck in the head of the oh. stuffed octopus. It's yeah. probably expensive, too. The sushi yeah, chef? Probably. Those, yeah, I'm sure those knives are expensive. He, yeah. can ex- he can afford commercials, so you know he makes good money. Mm-hmm. I assume, at least. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, okay. All right, so the kids save the day. So the kids are the real heroes right now, I guess, uh, right. which is cool. Yeah. Um, I like that I like that Octodad was, was like kind of whimpering in the corner, and the kids come and save the day, which, again, I guess, I guess kind of, you know, doesn't... You don't need to have the protagonist necessarily as the as the the the, the muscle, you know, and then yeah, it shows the relationship yeah. with the kids and they, they love right. him. I mean, I I question Tommy's sanity because he he thinks that his dad's a human, so that's or he's just you know protecting his dad by saying Maybe. no, he's not an octopus. What do you mean? You know, is that, is that kind of how you got it in the in the story? Is that I <laughs> know I got it as as Tommy doesn't actually understand, but again, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, true, 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 yeah. true. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, you know what? More power to you. If I have a kid like that who can't tell if I'm human or octopus, then I might need to get some help, actually. Because but but he still like loves and keeps you safe. You know, he still protects yeah. you from from people coming to murder you. <laughs> yeah, you're an yeah. Octopus. Which you never know, you know. And if my son can, and my my kids can, you know, throw toys at a murderer and or attempted murderer and, and get him to go away, then you know that's a win. That's a win. Yeah, you've done good as a as a as a, as a parent. I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, I guess that's at the at the end of the day, it's why anyone really has kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> to protect you from murders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, more more bodyguards. More yes, exactly. Like, hey, you have your toys. All right, great. Stand in front of me. Great. <laughs> Don't leave my side. Yeah. I think is this. Uh, does he have? He has everything. I think right at this point. He has everything. So yeah, he built the decoy. Um, it is sitting at the table. 
<laughs> it's it's a mannequin <laughs> with this nice suit, the octopus head, and then for some reason a banana for the mustache, the tentacle mustache. Oh. Like the, the banana serves a very and now and now a chef's knife in its head as well. Perfect. Um, which would maybe be unsettling if mm-hmm. um, someone were at any point were to believe it was a decoy. That oh no, what's happened to our father? But um, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, and that bridge will be very soon. Do you think that this kind of shows his kind of? Uh, perspective to his wife that he thinks he can just build a doll and like it's gonna be okay. Like she'll just talk to this doll and, and like, like Eric, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have you hold on to that until we read the next. The okay, next part of all the story. right, okay, all right. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> I haven't read anything, so I'm I'm very excited now. Oh. <clears throat> As he steps downstairs, Scarlet enters the dining room. Seemingly unaware of the damage done by the sushi chef, she sits down at the table with the decoy, seemingly paying no mind to the chef's knife in its head. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, you're wearing your fancy suit! Oh, you dressed up for me! This reminds me of the time that we met. Oh, I picture every detail. I was stowed away in that fishing boat, and... Octodad descends the staircase towards the basement, dodging a few banana peels that would lead to a fall. Once downstairs, he tracks down a shovel and digs up a key he had hidden in part of the broken floor, then uses that key to open a secret passage. Once inside, he is again confronted by Fujimoto, this time blocking his exit. Octodad quickly uses a panel on the wall to lock the chef out and open another nearby room. He enters a room filled with machinery, switchboards, large computers, recording equipment, sonar, and more. He uses the consoles to activate the nearby door and heads deeper into the secret facility. Fujimoto is locked inside the control room, but has access to a series of lasers and uses them to try to destroy Octodad. But he quickly and nimbly moves through them. Octodad finds a nearby power source, disabling his defenses, now being used against them. He makes his way outside to his zipline and heads to another part of the facility. He gets in the elevator, goes far, and goes lower and deeper into the earth, where he finds a present and adds the final touch, a bow. The end. What? <laughs> okay, so Wait. for some context, for some context. So he goes in this, like, secret facility, um, metal. Under his house? Under his house, yep. In okay. the basement, he, you know, you put a key in a secret wall, oh. the wall shifts, you go down into the secret facility with all kinds of weird machinery and laser defenses and zip lines and like lockable doors. He runs into Fujimoto again <laughs> for some reason, locks him in a room, with opens a panel, um, and then he kind of makes his way farther and he makes his way into the deepest part of the facility. And in this room is a bunch of like weird, um, you know, pirate treasure and boxes and sitting on the table is a present and a bow and you pick up the bow and you put it on the present the game ends i'm so, so confused seemingly, <laughs> seemingly it, it, one thing i don't know if you you caught this eric at the very beginning mm. there was some some conflicting information yeah he says um i'm gonna scott i mm, the charade will soon is soon to end yeah I'll prepare a decoy and abscond to the basement sanctuary we would assume that means he's leaving yeah. But what he's thought. actually going to get is a gift. We don't know what's oh. in that gift, but it would be assumingly that he is not leaving. He's going to tell about who he really is. The charade is ending and that oh. he's going to share who he truly is. Now, I don't know 
Um, we'll have to pick back up in Dadliest Catch to see where that goes. But yeah, he has this giant secret base underneath his house. <laughs> and the reason being is a very weird lore reason, which I can get into. I don't think it spoils anything for Dadliest Catch, but it might give some helpful context. The Octodad is an octopus. Mm-hmm. And he came from under the sea because of something called the Land Water Wars. And he's actually a spy of the of the water faction on the humans <laughs> so all this equipment is like recording equipment and spy equipment he's been spying on all the humans and he's a, he's a, he's kind of a secret plant oh. for the water people to 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 send them back information but he's you know found family and he's fell in love tales all this time you know yes everyone knows <laughs> so it's like a, it's almost like a cold war Ask yeah, story. yeah, yeah, and there, like, there's some '50s themed. You know, the house is is somewhat '50s themed, so it could be something like that, or '70s or '80s, probably '70s. Actually, would fit pretty well. But yeah, that's that that's that's where we that's where we end off on this completely coherent story. And I'm sure this plays heavily into Fujimoto's desire to kill Octodad. <laughs> now, this makes more sense yeah. to me now, I guess. Yeah. But this yeah. context, but I I want to know why he found the basement. How did he find this basement? facility that's so random and yeah. why would octodad let him have control of all the <laughs> lasers that seems so problematic but yeah that's why i was confused was i thought he was leading forever you know yeah. I thought and that's, that's yeah if, when i first read it that's what i thought as well but if you reread it now with that with that context he doesn't say he's leaving he's just saying the charade is ending okay um, okay a prayer to you sound to my basement sanctuary my mysterious work must be completed tonight now again we we will have to find out in mm-hmm. the next in the next game, how that plays out, or <clears throat> if they scrap it all and start something new, who's to say? Who's we're to gonna say? have to just <clears throat> you know. Well, the wait and see, I suppose. I don't tune know. in for Octodad Dadliest Catch. But Eric, what are your thoughts <laughs> on the original 2010 Octodad game? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so. In terms of a story, I don't think it's I don't think it's good. I mean, often being honest, I don't think it's a good story. Is it a fun story? Yes, it's it's fun. It makes you laugh. It's definitely not no. a good story, and I don't think it was even trying to be a good story. It was never about the story for the game, uh, though. I appreciate they tried. You know, like it, yeah. there's a lot of things that make no sense, but I, I feel like again, I, it totally. My question before we got to the last part of of Scarlet and her delusions <laughs> as to like. What, how she perceives her world. She's literally having a conversation with this obvious mannequin with a like a with a, a banana on its face, but she's so wrapped up in the, like I would really question her sanity at some yeah. point. But you know, for for an octopus, I guess you know you can you can you only get what you get. I suppose I don't know, but yeah. So uh, yeah, in terms of the story, no, it's not good. But is it fun? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But Ryan, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, similar things it's it's just kind of a bunch of events that happen like it's it's certainly built as like a mechanics experience like the game is like manipulating octodad and not raising suspicion and the story is kind of a, a part of it but it just kind of there's no like int- like octodad is an interesting interesting protagonist but mm-hmm. i think it kind of ends there like there's not a ton of tension in that we don't we don't the stakes aren't really set up in a meaningful way um the the antagonist just hates him we don't have any context as to why now again we some of this is addressed in the next game which i appreciate and i'm excited to kind of eventually get to that and see how these two stories compare given you know they have time and money and funds and are a proper company at that point it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see but yeah it's i, I would say like story-wise it is not particularly strong like if if, if 
it throws a bunch of stuff at the end that we have no context for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't explain why Scarlet seemingly ignores the fact that he, you know, she's she's supposedly like was going to see him naked that night, right? Like yeah. It, yeah. It implied, right? So she would she would obviously either is not aware or or is choosing to ignore it because like one of the things that we talked about with the um, the love episode is this was an unhealthy relationship because like she's just. Like, there's no trust and honesty here, right? Like, right. they're just lying to each other. But at the same time, like, the kids are happy and taken care of. They have a house. They have the food they need to be safe. Like, he is a caring father, even though he's a ridiculous octopus. Like, <laughs> he does seemingly care about these kids and cares about Scarlet and wants to make her happy. Now, he's maybe not going about it a proper way. Like, maybe he should just have a conversation with her. And maybe that's what mm-hmm. he was going to do before he was he was stopped. But, like... It's a little bit strange, like that ignorance is bliss thing. Like she's happily ignorant and she does not want to take in this new information. And, and she has like, a, for all, all things considered, like a pretty decent situation. Yeah. I think I honestly think this last, like, I keep, as you're talking about, it, I was thinking like, I think this last bit of the story really kind of doesn't make it, it, it kind of, it makes the whole story worse in a sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. like. If it just ended with Fujimoto leaving and then they kind of has this dinner thing go on and then it ends there, I think that would have been a much more cohesive and like stronger story until yeah. you introduce these weird random themes of like, you know, the, you know, the underground basement or, you know, bunker or whatever with Fujimoto down there randomly. Like it, it just spirals out of control. Uh, and yeah. he made this mannequin to, to, hold off his wife like, at dinner to go get a gift down his basement why he why didn't he just go down his basement and get the gift i don't understand so yeah. yeah yeah i think i think that ending really does kind of really hurt the story a lot um but but again the story was never taken seriously probably to begin with it was but yeah. it, it sure it wasn't you know what i mean like with yeah. all respect yeah. to the people who made the game so but like with what you're saying Eric, how much better of a story would have been if like after his kids save him he makes the decision to like, no, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay. He takes him out of the apartment and sits down and has a nice dinner with his wife. Right? Like, that's a yeah. better story yeah. um, than where we got. And I mean, I think that information at the end is, is interesting and gives some context, but it goes against a lot of what we've followed so far. If we got this information at the beginning, like, he's trying to be a hu- like, pretend to be a human because he's a spy. Okay, whatever. That's, we'll, we'll have this context. Um but, like, and if we find out, like, Fujimoto is, like, secretly a spy as well, and, like, that's how he knows that he's an octopus. But, again, you would you would have to do so much explaining. You right. have to add so much back nonsense there that I don't think it would be as particularly enjoyable of a, or silly or, or get the tone they were going for. Yeah. I have a feeling, like, you're saying for everything you told me, right, with the, with the context that's outside this game, that the deadliest catch will fill in all those holes. I think yeah. as a standalone story, it's just not strong. No. It's silly and no. funny, but, like, it's just not a strong story. So. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, not, again, not, doesn't mean it's, it's bad by any means, but it's just. Right. right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is. But, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, not a, the, <laughs> yeah. The narrative isn't, the narrative isn't the strong point, and, like, we. That's just kind of it is a, it is a fun and silly experience. These characters are fun and silly, mm-hmm. but like from a narrative standpoint, it just isn't very strong. I stand by my my feelings that this world in this world, octopus can octopi can have human babies. I stand by it. I, I said it one hundred percent right here. Chelsea in the yeah. cartridge. Okay, all right. But that does not in this world you can't. So again, go love on your car, not on your octo, octopus. Okay, all right. So and, and yeah. 
So, wow, this went everywhere. Way deeper than I was anticipating. So, <laughs> hopefully, Story Gories, you got something out of this story as well. Um, if a huge rise in people loving their cars goes up based on this, I really, that'd be interesting. Let me get blamed for it. That's a, hey, all, all, all story, all promotion is a good promotion, or what's the, what's yeah, the publicity? All, 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 publicity. all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, right. If, yeah. if our new niche is like people who love inanimate objects, Welcome. We're glad to have you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe we have to change some of the stories we cover, but I, I don't think we'd have to do too much. No, probably not. I think I think yeah. we still do pretty good. Right. We could like really get into like the humongous entertainment, like putt putt. I think we really get into. <laughs> this, this took a turn. I just took another turn. I'm good. I think I think we could end it here. Putt putt! Oh my god! Well, storygoers, I mean, for the one person that's left here, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, please, if you don't mind, leave us a five star rating on any service that you use. It would be really appreciated. Uh, and if you comment that you know about the being convinced to have sex with cars, that would really just be the icing on the cake for us here. Wow, that'd be so funny. So uh, hopefully everyone's doing well. Let us know what your thoughts, feelings, or perspectives. Really, please. I would love to hear some thoughts, feelings, or perspectives on this one. So if you have any, please send it to us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. We will happily read them on the show, and you will get a sweet Tales from the Cartridge sticker. <sighs> Ryan, I feel it's only been an hour, and I feel very tired from this whole story. I was already tired. <laughs> oh, yeah, I said this before, yeah, but this, yeah. this took it out of me. So it was a good job. You wrote a fantastic script. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Storygoers, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.